Welcome to Grow Your Influence Tree with your host, Leonard Kim. This is the show especially for those that want to be among the top influencers of the world. We'll help you build your brand, tell the most compelling story, build your reputation and grow your audience, and attract the top clients and customers. Listen to the experts. Think like they do, and you'll be on your way. Now, here's Leonard Kim. Hey everyone, Leonard Kim here, and guess what we're going to do today? We're going to party, 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 because we got Ryan Benici on the line as well. Uh, Ryan, he's currently working over at HubSpot. He's a uh, Senior Director of Global Marketing, so guess what? That pretty much makes him a marketing expert. Uh, he's been in all these great <laughs> publications. You probably read like Forbes, that small little publication, or maybe Entrepreneur, or maybe even Business Insider or Lifehacker, but he's been all over those places. And in the last 10 years, he's played roles at like HubSpot, Salesforce, Exact Target, and this really, really small company called Microsoft. He tried to make phones at one point. I don't know if they still do or not. But we have him on the line right now because he really wants to talk about how much he loves to have long walks in the park and play with his Pomeranian Chihuahua. I utterly love to take long walks in the park, Leonard. Thanks for the warm welcome. Um, <laughs> and yeah, my, my little Pomeranian Chihuahua, or Levi the Pomsky, as his Instagram handle um, outlines, is just, yeah. I mean, he's like a little marketing stud, so I try and teach him all of the tricks. Awesome. How many so, followers yeah. does he have? <laughs> you know what? He's, he's been a little bit lazy lately, I think, since he got into his teens. He's, I think, only got, you know, a couple thousand followers. So he really just needs to, like, you know, create more really engaging content, I think, which is obviously the key to, to building your brand online. And, um, yeah, he's, um, he's taken his foot off the gas a little bit of late. So I'll, um, I'm going to pass along that feedback to him when I get back. <laughs> <laughs> and how many followers do you have in comparison? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I mean, there's so many freaking different channels that we all use today. It's ridiculous. Um, I don't know, maybe like 150,000 across, like, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, maybe something like that. I don't know. Um, oh, close. Cool. So you, your little Pomeranian has a lot of catching up to do. He does. He does, yeah. But he's a lot younger, so like he'll outlive me for sure, I'm sure. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, probably. Uh, yeah. Super passionate about the marketing space, as you, know, you can see from my background and career. So love to talk about anything and everything that the audience is interested in. Well, you know... Becoming an influencer is all about getting your brand out there, becoming a public figure, going out there and really crushing it, and getting your company brand <clears throat> to get more visibility as well. Now, you play both roles. You're both the uh, you know social media expert, the person who goes out there and grows your brand, and you're the person who <clears throat> really helps the company build their brand as well. What are some of your tips and secrets? Yeah, great question. It's something that I, I get asked quite a, quite a bit. And I think look, it's, it's a lot simpler than people actually realize. So companies today are craving more and more spokespeople. Like it, they, there cannot, there's not enough content that can be created about a company by its employees, by its marketing team, by its sales team. Everyone today and every company wants their employees doing that. And if they don't want that, they are completely missing the boat and will be ancient in a few years' time. But so because of the fact that like companies want advocates like internally and externally, I think one of the easiest places to start is to reach out to your content team at the company you work at. So if you have a blogging team there that runs your company news blog, Offer them an article one time or write them something that you think will align with what the audience is interested in 
and offer it to them and see if they like it. Um, if they don't, like, ask them what kind of content they would want you to write about. Um, and if they do like it, great, publish it. And I think that's such an easy way to, to start getting content out there. And then what's really nice about creating content for your company's blog is it doesn't just help your company have more content out there and continue to be a thought leader, but it helps you get your name out there too. And, you know, it's one thing to get your name out there through your own LinkedIn profile or through your own, say, Medium account where you do your own blogging. And look, you should be doing that as well. But a lot of the time, I think people do that and they don't also build their credibility through their existing business. And that's a missed opportunity in my mind because typically a business will have more credibility, assuming they're well-known in the space anyways, than, you know, a single person on the internet in Medium or LinkedIn. So I'd say like well, that's like an easy way and thing that I recommend people to start doing. And then once, you know, you've got something on your company blog, then reach out to, you know, another blog that's not with your company that maybe isn't a tier one big publication, but it's like a tier two or a tier three publication and, you know, link them to what you wrote for your company blog and ask them if you can do a guest post with them. And, you know, once you land that, then you've published for your current company and this other publication. And it just basically builds from there. And that's how I, I guess, got to where I am. And it's now once you get to those tier one publications like Forbes and Huffington Post and Lifehacker and whatnot, then anyone will let you write for them, assuming you're writing great content. Sure. Let's take it a step back, though. So <clears throat> last year I was dating this girl. Um, mm -hmm. I would say great girl, but um, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> um, so the first time we went out on a date, we were over at Sky Bar at the Mandarin Hotel. I don't know if you've ever been there in Los Angeles. I love it. It's great. Uh, yeah, been there many times. Oh, yeah. That amazing pool, the fresh champagne. We went to a little rosé party. It was really fun. And while we were there... Like, she's like, so what do you do? I'm like, oh, you know, I basically help people get famous, get them online, build their mm -hmm. credibility up and all these other things. And we were having a conversation and she's like, so what can you help me with? I'm like, I could, I could do the same thing for you. And you could see the look on her eyes. It was like, it was like a deer looking straight into the headlights with full fear. They're like, oh my God, I can't put myself out there. Like she was the type of person who go out there and scrub her whole profile from the internet. So all you would be able to mm. find if you were lucky was her LinkedIn. You can't find her Facebook, Instagram, yeah. anything. <laughs> Completely anonymous. Now let's say you're that type of person. What kind of problems are you gonna face? And why should you even consider building a personal brand? And if you have that kind of fear where you're like, oh no, I don't wanna go out there and do this because I don't wanna be found. What are you looking at? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And look, it's one that actually doesn't, I don't tend to come across that challenge too often because in my experience, it's folks that don't wanna be online and they don't wanna be well known, like they, they aren't really focused on building their personal brand um, in, a, in a lot of ways, I think. Um, so, but that's because yeah, you're a marketer. Yeah, that's because <laughs> that. you're a, like a marketer. And I'm connecting with marketers. people in that space, for sure. Yeah. Um, but I think as well, right, like, you know, there's a difference between, you know, you know, locking down your Facebook profile so that random people can't see the posts that you share on the weekend or, the, the, you know, the little comments that come in from your friends and family. That's different. I think, you know, you can be totally locked out and still build a big brand. I mean, if you think of it when in the form of creating content for a company or for publications, that's very, like, um, scripted content, right? It's not ad hoc and it doesn't, like, lend itself to 
to showing too much of you or too much of your life or personal opinions that might, um, you know, not be aligned to other people. So I don't oh, think so that, you, know, you can't like go about that. So you're not going to be like a Kardashian? No, right? I mean, you know, maybe some people would like to be like that. I mean, I'm personally, like, pretty open in public, and I feel like I'd still struggle to, like, have cameras in my face all the time. But, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, I think, you know, I, I you know, I don't, I've got a pretty locked down Facebook page myself, right? And I use privacy on that pretty strictly. And so for some posts that I'm sharing, I'll share them publicly. And for some posts, I'll share them just between my friends. And that has never, ever been a problem in terms of personal branding, because like, I don't view that as my personal brand. I view that as like a personal page and I'll set up a separate page, for example, for my own, you know, like more branded kind of content. Um, but I mean, that sort of a thing isn't even necessarily something that I would recommend someone do if they're early on in the stages of building their personal brand, because it's really hard, I think, to, to build your personal brand on a platform whereby you don't have credibility. So like Facebook or Medium or Twitter or LinkedIn, it's something that, you know, it's great to do in terms of content if you do have really unique and interesting ideas. Um, but, you know, typically the easiest way in my experience is to actually, you know, leverage the social validation of the company you work for to write for them. That helps you prove that you actually do have a unique viewpoint or tone of voice or something special about you. And then that allows you then to scale your content and your influence and brand across other publications and platforms. And then people will start to invite you to be on podcasts and interviews like this, I guess. And so, um, I mean, the, the big asterisk, though, ultimately in my mind across all of this stuff, though, is, you know, when you are speaking forward, whether it's in an interview on the radio like this right now or whether you are writing a blog post for someone, like it's not about selling yourself. It's about adding value and being incredibly helpful. Um, and if you can't do that very quickly, like content democratizes the world and that like people won't listen to you if you're not giving them something that they want. And if you're trying to you know, push your own agenda on them, like they'll very quickly realize and you'll lose their attention. So that's in my mind, like the nice thing about this idea of building your brand and using content to do it is that you actually need to have something unique about you uh, in the first place to actually be able to cut through the noise. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes complete sense. Now, let's take it back a little bit. Let's say you're still like that person who's scared to go mm -hmm. out there and create content because they think that if you go out there and build a social media following, your whole life is going to become like Kardashian, like where photographers mm -hmm. are going to come out and chase you down. You're going to be harassed everywhere you go. You have over 150,000 followers. Is that what it's like in real life? No, not at all. I mean, it's... Maybe if you go to a, you know, my audience is predominantly marketers, right? Business people or, you know, CEOs, CMOs, executives. So if I'm at an executive summit um, and there's like, you know, big companies there that, you know, roll in the spaces of, you know, the sales forces of the world, the HubSpots of the world, the Microsofts, then yeah, you do know each other, but it's not like paparazzi vibes or anything like <laughs> that. It's more like your peers. And most of those people, to be honest, probably doing the same thing that you're doing and you're probably reading each other's content and learning from one another because at the end of the day right you're not trying to necessarily pimp yourself out for the purpose of building your brand just for the purpose of building your brand you're doing it more so and the way you build your brand is by actually helping people and like teaching them new things and sharing your experiences on things and so you're adding value and then they're adding value um so, no, it's, it's very different to the Kardashian world. Although I'd be totally okay with that, though, personally. 
You'd be okay with the paparazzi? You'd be like, yeah. I'd be so down with take that. More yeah, shots, that doesn't bother take me more at shots. all. No, yeah. I think it, I would like that kind of peer pressure to make me always dress better than I currently do because I feel like I'm a bit of a sloppy dresser most of the time because I don't have that. So, you know, I don't know. I oh. think it'd be not too bad. <laughs> yeah, I could see you doing that. You'd be like, yeah, take my picture. This angle is better. Here, let me put my chin up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cha-ching, cha-ching, totally, cha-ching. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a marketer, so, like, that's just marketing to me, right? Like, and they're great marketers. The Kardashians are, like, the world's best marketers and salespeople. They are freaking amazing at it. As much as people dislike them, like, they create conversation. Um, so, yeah, they're, they are the pros of that. Yeah, it's really um, surprising how they built such an empire just from their little humble beginnings. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I didn't know a whole lot about their their beginnings, and I don't know how like necessarily humble they are. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like they were already doing pretty well in the early days. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, they've come so far. I mean, it's it's ridiculous to think that. Um, I think Kim Kardashian wasn't she like Paris Hilton's friend? Like that's where when Paris Hilton was kind of the queen of you know the celebrity socialite scene, um, and there wasn't much substance there and I feel like the Kardashians probably have a whole lot more substance than than she and her family have had but um, yeah it's, it's really fascinating so I mean they, they are amazing at playing with the media and giving the media something to talk about um, and you know Trump is also fantastic at doing that right like there's people out there that we can learn from whether we like them or not I think you know you can look at the tactics that people are using to generate conversation and build brands, some more positive, some more negative, but, you know, building, you know, a commentary and generating news is definitely um, part of building a brand to some degree. Yeah, I actually, what's surprising is I wrote an article that laid out like 10 steps to Kim Kardashian's success and another one on Donald Trump's success as well. I mean, I have no hmm. idea what was in those articles, and I can't recollect them because I wrote them like two years ago. But you're right. There are two prime examples of case studies where if you really build your brand the right way, you can take it even further than just being that person who's like looked at over at the marketing conference or inside certain insider circles. But you could take it to that next level where you really become a celebrity figure. Now, I'm not there. You're not there. <laughs> and a lot of people don't want to be there. I'm not there because I don't want to be there. I know you want to be there, Ryan. And you want to be like, oh, I yeah, I'm on stage with Tony Robbins. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a lot of energy. I don't know if I could keep up with him. <laughs> but um, no, I, mean, I, I think I, what I, happens I, like, with love Tony connecting with is... people, you know, so I think that's what I like it. I really enjoy about this space. Yeah, I think what it is with Tony, though, is he has so much energy. Like, you're just forced to get the energy off him. And you're like, oh, my God, I'm just so much more excited, yeah. even though I wasn't excited before. <laughs> exactly, totally. Yeah, he just pushes it all up on you. <laughs> exactly. But, hey, I mean, the other thing I think to think about that a lot of people don't think about is that your personal brand right is something that you take with you between your jobs. So it's like one of those things that, you know, you don't, like you don't ever pressingly need to build a brand, but if you do build your personal brand while you're helping build a business brand, not only like is that something that becomes an asset that you own and can provide you a revenue stream in the future if you build it to a certain scale, but it also makes you a better candidate for future jobs, whether within your company or elsewhere, because you have all those publications that you've written for, all those people 
that come to your blog or Facebook page or LinkedIn profile to, to hear from. And so that's an asset that businesses today take really seriously, especially like the smart businesses in the tech space that want to grow quickly. And so um, I think that's just one of those things that people don't think about as much. And it, um, and it, if you do think about that early on in your career and build that foundation, um, it's something that will, you know, help you retire much, much younger than, than if you didn't, I think. That's so right here, plan. we've covered a ton of different benefits that you could really have from building a personal brand. It's easier to get your next job. More people are looking at you. More people are scouting you out. More people really want to go out there and engage with you. You're able to build a clientele. Mm-hmm. What we're going to do is we're going to hop into a little bit of a commercial break. Then after that, we're going to be talking about all the things that go wrong when you don't have a personal brand. Uh, you can find me at Mr. Leonard Kim on Twitter or at LeonardKim.com. Ryan's at RyanBenici.com. That's B-O-N-N-I-C-I, right? Is that right? Yeah, that works. Or just like hit me up on twitter.com forward slash Ryan Benici, B-O-N-N-I-C-I. Yeah, just look for, just type in B-O-N-N-I-C-I. Just and the name. Yeah, Ryan. yeah, you'll find it. <laughs> just Google yeah, me. So, so we'll be hopping off in the commercial break and we'll be seeing you soon. Thanks, guys. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel channel hear the stories be motivated be inspired join us today voice america influencers this is grow your influence tree to reach leonard kim or his guest call into the program at 1-866-472-5795 That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey, welcome back, everyone. Leonard Kim here with Ryan Benici. If you've listened to the first half of the segment, you really were able to see some of those core benefits and an easy way for you to start to go out there and build your personal brand. But now, what happens if you're on the dark side and you don't have a personal brand? And chances are, if you're listening to this show right now and you're like the majority of the society that we have going on at this exact moment, you don't have a personal brand. And is that really a problem? Now, first off, I'm going to start off with a little bit of a backstory. 
back in 2011, I had no personal brand and I had to really go out there and figure out what I was going to do because I worked at a few startups that failed. Nothing went right in my life. And I was like, you know what, I got to find a job. So I went and applied and applied and applied, had a lot of difficulty. Then I had to ask a friend for a favor. Started working there for about two years because we're earning about $16.24 an hour. Now I was, you know, talking to people about how crappy their cars were when they broke. And it really wasn't that fun. And it got to the point where one day uh, taxes raised by about $80 a month. And that was my monthly lunch money. So I wasn't able to order that $1.60 quesadilla from the cafeteria anymore. I wasn't able to afford lunch. Then I hit a point where I was like sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm like, I can't be here anymore. I can't afford lunch. I need to do something else. At that time, I had no personal brand. So, Ryan, I applied to 100 jobs. Guess how many people hired me? Wow. That's a lot. (laughs) How many people hired me out of those 100 jobs I applied to? Gosh, I'm not sure. I mean, that's how I want to say. I'm going to say zero people. Oh, right on the dot. Now, I tried yeah. doing a lot of other things. So it's that, qual- so that quality, not quantity with job applications. <laughs> Dude, I had a quality resume. I had, like, I had my resume. It said, company A, worked there six months, bankrupt. <laughs> company B, worked yeah. there one year, bankrupt. <laughs> company C, worked there um, six months, bankrupt. Company D, worked there <laughs> six months, bankrupt. And, you know, me being a marketer, you being a marketer, when you see four bankruptcies in a row, what do you think? I think you might be the common denominator right there. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I'm the common denominator. I'm the one who can't market. And that's the problem with not having a personal brand. When you go out there and you don't have this personal brand, people are going to think you're the reason that company failed. They're going to go look up that other company that you worked at online, and they're going to be like, you know what? This thing doesn't exist. And if it doesn't exist, then how are you going to go out there and really build your business? How are you going to go out there and get your next job? They're going to be like, you know what? They're the person that caused it all to fail. Why? Because you have nothing online to really showcase who you are. Do you have some other problems that you could showcase on this, um, Brian? Yeah, I mean, I think it's like a, it's just one of those things that like you don't realize it's a problem or a risk until you realize you need it and then you actually don't have it to lean on, right? And I think what's really, really hard in that space is that most people never ever, and they won't ever realize this unless hopefully they're listening to this, but that like some of these things that you're outlining with regards to like having a presence online is why they're not getting their foot in the door for that job interview or why that job interview isn't moving to fruition and, and being turned into a job. It's because everyone goes to Google, everyone searches who they are thinking about interviewing. And if they don't see something they like, they're not going to continue and meet that person. They don't have time for it. So it's, such a missed opportunity not to get known for who you are. And that's what's nice, I think, about personal branding today is that, like, you don't, you don't need to try and be someone that you're not. It's actually, like, doing that will, will probably not actually work for you because you'll always be trying to be something or someone that you're not. And so, I mean, you just really need to own it and know who you are, why you're unique, um, and embrace it. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of some other things as well that, you know, risk um, you know, I think other risks that some people might say with regard to building a personal brand is that, you know, you could get pigeonholed in a certain area. And I don't actually personally think that is too much of a risk because I feel like a, a, 
whether it's a business brand or a personal brand, it's typically like a living and breathing thing um, that is always iteratively changing. And so, um, yeah, I really don't think there are those risks of pigeonholing yourself because naturally if you write about the things that you're passionate about, like you will write about things in a vast spectrum of areas or maybe you won't, but then if you don't and you only talk about topic X, then you're not pigeonholing yourself in topic X because like, you know, that is literally your niche. So I'm not sure. I really can't think of there being too many um, other risks in that other than potentially if the brand that you're portraying online isn't authentic to you, that then if something happened and people like found out that you weren't actually who you were saying you were, then I think, you know, there's more fodder for publications, for news um, companies to, to basically use against you because these are examples of you not being authentic. Um, but that's your own so fault. I think that's so potentially a risk. Yeah, I mean, and in that case, it's your own fault, really, right? So. Yeah. So let's let's think about it like this. <clears throat> Today, uh, me, Leonard Kim, or me, let's just say my name's Leonard Benici, right? I'm a brand new person. <laughs> Today, Leonard Benici, I'm like, you know what? Hmm. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to start a business. And let's say okay. one year down the line, I focus strictly on my business and I do no personal branding. Tell me what 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 my um, tell me what my life's going to be like. Yeah, I mean, I look. I think if if you're doing your business well, okay, like personal branding can come from that too. Um, so it's not like they need to be two separate things. Um, so depending on how your business is going, right? If over that year or few years your personal business is doing really, really well because of something that you really uniquely are offering as a product or a service that no one else is. Then okay, by let's like, scale it back a little bit. How many yeah. businesses do extremely well within the first year? Yeah, not many, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> how many is not many? You're, you're a marketer. You know this. Yeah. Uh, oh, I mean, gosh, like the percentages would be probably single digits. Single digits, right? Hmm. So that means you have a 90-something percent chance of your business selling within the first year, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. And you have a 90-something percent of going out there and building that business and having it disappear by the end of the first year, right? Correct. If you that didn't build that, your personal totally brand within likely. that first year, what happens? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say yet that people like, you know, that – 98% of people are going to fail in their first year. But yes, like having major success in that first year is like getting harder and harder. Um, and, yeah. you know, people are thinking, aren't as like creative necessarily as they think, I think a lot of the time. Um, I'd say though, you know, the thing that's really interesting about that in my mind though is that if you did have a terrible business idea or your business isn't going to be successful, I mean, it's hard for me personally to understand how you would actually be able to even build a strong personal brand that actually has substance in the first place if the thing that you're building your brand around, so, you know, let's just say you're building a marketing agency or you're wanting to build a, you know, any kind of agency that specializes in a certain area. Um, if, you know, if the soundness and the unique selling prop of that business isn't sound and it doesn't succeed, you building a personal brand around those like concepts probably wouldn't actually do you all that good and probably isn't the right thing. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's not necessarily to say that that's going to hurt you, but I don't think that would necessarily help you. 
Um, does that kind of make sense? You know, I think like, again, your personal brand needs to be authentic and to you, but if the concepts that you're trying to build your business off of aren't working, then, I mean, I don't know if you would want to be like touting them to the rest of the world as, as working because they're not working, you know? So maybe well, the way you would build your personal brand on the flip side I is... I live near Silicon Beach, which you could call hmm. a startup hub. I mean, it's not the same thing as a Silicon Bay. But you could call it a startup hub, and a lot of people respect it as a startup hub. I think it's a lot of shit. But um, that's besides the point. You see all these people going to all these different mixers. They're learning how to get their pitch down. They're learning how to do, like, elevator pitches and all these things. And they're going out there, and they're in the first year of entrepreneurship. You see hundreds, if not thousands, of these people going out there and doing that. Do you think they're mm-hmm. doing the right thing? Do you think they're doing the wrong thing? Do you think they should be incorporating their personal brand? How should they be incorporating it? Like, wh- tell, tell me more about that because I see entrepreneurs every single day who are like, yeah, well, I'm going to go crush it. I'm going to go make the next unicorn. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm riding a unicorn in my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, actually actually a horse. no I mean, I, I'm a big believer and I really feel like, you, you know, the best way to build your brand is by not actually trying to build your brand, but, but by trying to actually like share your unique voice and your learnings and your experience. So I think by doing that, it's more authentic. And so I think it's great that there are all those folks that are going out there every day trying to work out like their business idea. Um, you know, that, that's fantastic. I like love that kind of energy. Um, you know, and I think where you can then build your personal brand off of the back of that kind of a thing is if the business does fail, like, you know, creating a blog post or a video on Facebook around like your failure and being incredibly like vulnerable and humble and sharing your learnings from that, like that is truly authentic. And now you're actually helping other people not make those same mistakes, which is in fact going to like build your brand. So Hmm. I feel like people always think about building your brand as like selling yourself. And it's actually not about that in my mind. You really need to look at like where you can add value to others based off of what you've learned in your career, in your life. And look, you do that a lot. If you think of it yourself, Leonard, right? You talk very openly about, you know, your ex relationship and you know, how you got through that and, and the struggles and like kind of getting through it all. And, that's what, you know, humanizes you. It makes you vulnerable. It makes people be able to connect with you. And, um, and that builds, you know, a facet of your personal brand. Um, that doesn't tell me whether or not you will be good at business or whether you're a good marketer, but it shows me that, like, you're authentic and there is, you know, breadth to who you are. Um, and so I think people should start to think about, like, building a personal brand as actually, like, trying to help people um, through sharing knowledge and insights and that then, you know, over time is what actually builds the brand. It's like, you can't build a brand overnight. It's like every single interaction or blog post that, that you're adding value through. That makes a lot of sense. And I really thank you for those insights because it sounds like you've been doing your homework on the subject. (laughs) 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 So, um, let's say you're a startup, right? Mm-hmm. You're building out your web page, and let's say you're called Cookies and Cradle, or no, let's go with something more lamer. Um, <laughs> name a company for me, a brand new company. Uh, a real, okay, Cookie Monster, PT, like Cookie Monster Inc., let's go with that. 
Okay, Cookie Monster Inc. So we got Cookie Monster Inc. And I'm writing out the copy on Cookie Monster Inc. And I'm like, Cookie Monster Inc. is a company located in Jacksonville, Florida. Cookie Monster Inc. specializes in making sure cookies are eaten after monsters are taken down. And I'm <laughs> writing out all my corporate content for my website, right? Because I want to be very... I want to be very corporate. I want to be very cool. I want to look like a real legitimate business. Then I'm going to the other pages. I'm filling it out about Cookie Cookie Monster Inc. Cookie Monster Inc. was formulated on the idea of cookies and monsters joining together to be a happy family. And I'm just building mm -hmm. this whole like very business website. Uh, am I missing mm -hmm. anything from that? Um, is that how I should do yeah. it? Because this yeah, is like how a lot of entrepreneurs something. do it, right? Totally. That's how a lot of them do it. And that's uh, you know a big reason why a lot of them fail, right? They actually don't truly understand the value that they are bringing to their persona, their target market. And a lot of the time, it's because they don't understand their target market well enough to realize that they might be another product or service that actually is is no different from what they are doing. And price or whatever the differentiator might actually not hold up. And so I think, look, it's, it's, it's important actually to write when you're building a brand and sorry, a business to, to have those kind of things laid out. So your homepage and why, you know, why your product and about the founder, founders, um, to build that kind of a thing out. But if any, like on, and any entrepreneur, any business owner will tell you this, like, you know, for the first few years anyways, those pages typically get no traffic at all. And it's because no one is searching for why did Cookie Monster Inc. start out? Like why did CEO XYZ start Cookie Monster Inc.? Because no one knows who you are. People go to Google, people are on Facebook and things like that. And they're, they're searching for things that they care about. So they may be searching for like, oh, like cookie recipes or something like that. Right. And if you're a Cookie Monster Inc., like even though you sell cookies, um, you should still create like recipes for people online about how to create great cookies because like they're going there to search for that. And if they try your recipe out and love it, then they'll be more likely to try your product. And some people just, and this is old school business people don't get this, but they think that giving away your product for free just is like going to cannibalize your business. But you know, the amount of people that are searching for cookies, for example, yes, heaps of them probably will never buy your cookies. But, you know, even if 5% of the millions every month that search for cookie recipes online do buy your product and get it shipped in, like that's ridiculous amount of sales that you never had before. Um, so to me, again, right, that ties back to my point earlier around building and adding value in the content you create. It's not about you. It's about them and what they, the persona that you're trying to sell to or consult with or um, have buy from you, like what they care about, like the challenges and what they you know, search for every day and are thinking about, um, and, you know, help them solve their problems and challenges. And like, they will like, thank you for that in the form of sales, um, or so in the form of word of mouth marketing to their friends who might then buy your product. So it's not enough just to go and create your corporate website. What you have to do is you have to go even further than that. And you have to provide solutions and what really gives value to the people who are looking for things related to your site and to give it away for free. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you look at any, like if you look at most of the biggest businesses today or a lot of them, 
Dropbox. Um, good. Dropbox is one of them. There's so many out there. Like their models are all freemium based and it doesn't just apply to software companies. Like consulting companies will offer, you know, free consulting appointment and then they'll do consulting with you and they'll either work out, yep, you're a right fit for their consulting services and then you might decide to buy or maybe you're not. Um, but it's always and it always has been about adding value to people versus, you know, trying to extract value first. You need to add value first to them. Um, okay. And I think now, that's now think kind of, of like, like where this. most... Sorry. Let's say I'm one of those old school people and you're telling me mm-hmm. if I give away things for free, I'm going to get sales. And I'm like, no way. There's no way that's possible. How would you tell me it is possible? Like, why would someone buy something if I'm telling them how to do it for free? Great question. So you, it's, not a, it's not an entirely um, like free exchange. So in that cookie example I gave you, right, with the cookie recipes, like for them to download the cookie recipe, you might ask for their email address. Right? So I'm giving them something for free. It's their, their, this amazing cookie recipe. In return, I'm getting their email address so that I can now email them with, you know, a new amazing recipe every week or information that we've opened a new store in their area or something like that. So I think what you're teaching them is that, like, by giving away that one free thing, you're opening up a relationship with someone. And the more people you can do that with, then the more, like, people will over time buy with you. And, uh, you know, I can think of so many examples where we do this at HubSpot all the time and it works. And, like, the most top-of-mind example for me is um, about a year and a half ago, my team and I created... Um, a little free tool online at HubSpot, and it's an email signature generator. So just a fun fact, like every month, there is approximately between 30,000 to 70,000 people, different people every month that go to Google and search for email signature or email signature generator. Um, and so we created a little tool. So we sell up at HubSpot marketing and CRM software, right? So it helps people grow their business, but it's, you know, we have free versions, but then the, we have paid versions too. Um, and a lot of people thought I was crazy when I pitched this idea internally. They were like, why the hell would we, um, create a free email signature generator? It has nothing to do with marketing or, um, sales or CRM or our product. Like the leads that we generate through that free tool are going to be really low quality. And anyways, we persisted and I was able to convince them to do it. And now, you know, we created this free tool that costs $6,000 to make. And basically, you know, every month we have like something like 50,000 people coming to this one microsite on our HubSpot.com website. And if you search email signature right now, you'll be able to see it and try it out and build your own email signature. Um, but when they're filling out their, you know, our form to download an email signature, they can change the design of it and the colors and all those things. But then when they add it to their Gmail email, um, you know, uh, message or to their Outlook, now, like, we've, you know, got their information as a lead. And we make that clear to them that we're, you know, going to put them in our database and we're going to email them once a week or something. And they can obviously opt out whenever they like. Um, but that, like, one web page alone is generating, like, tens of thousands of net new leads for us every month. And I think in the last year and a half, we've generated 860,000 net new leads from that and made millions of dollars of sales from that. And it costs $6,000 a year and a half. Again, we never promoted it at all because we just did research and saw that there were, you know, that, you know, 50,000 or so folks every month searching for email signature templates and, no one had a good free email signature generator, so we made one. 
um, you know, like that's a, a really simple example of turning, you know, hardcore um, search demand and what people want, giving them what they want and in return, a very small percentage of them become customers. But when you're giving away something for free like that, um, it opens you up to so to, to a such larger audience, right? You know, there's been millions of people that have visited that page in the last year and a half to generate 860,000 leads. Um, and what, maybe only... Maybe only of those 860,000 leads, we've only closed like, let's say, 100 new customers. But that has translated into millions of revenue for us because of our you know, sales price and average sales price that customers buy for. So um, I think that's kind of like the value of thinking about things in a freemium model. It doesn't need to be that you're giving away your core product or service for free. You can give away something smaller just in an even like related field to that. Um, you know, so in the cookie example, maybe it's not a recipe, maybe it's like a discounted cookie cutter, or maybe it's like, you know, a, an interesting video on like how to be a cookie connoisseur and the things to look for when you're cooking cookies. Um, I don't know. It could be a, anything really. Um, but yeah, you're kind of like the whole idea with adding value and building a brand is like thinking in the mindset of your customer but thinking about like what it is that they care about before they actually care about your product. So it's like thinking top of the funnel, higher in the funnel. And most businesses fail to grow because they only create content around like why Cookie Monster cookies are the best cookies on the planet and why people that eat Cookie Monster cookies um, you know, are healthier than people that don't eat Cookie Monster cookies and all of that stuff. But no one really cares about Cookie Monster cookies when you're starting out. No one cares about your small business that you start out. And that's the thing that business owners need to realize no one gives a shit about what they do um, other than themselves. And so they need to think about what it is that actually people do care about and create content there. Does that make sense? Can I explain yeah. that um, in more yeah, detail? That makes perfect sense. No one wants your cookies until they get the recipe first or something like that. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's real. It's a really good concept, and this is really great, especially since you have the data points to prove that if you have something that you're giving away for free, it actually leads to revenue. And all you old people out there who are like, no, this isn't for me. You just have proof in the pudding where people are making millions and millions <laughs> and millions of dollars by giving away something for free. And we're about to hop on to another commercial break, and we'll be back shortly with more information. You can find me at Mr. Leonard Kim on Twitter, and you can find Ryan Benici at Ryan Benici on Twitter as well. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. 
My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Would you like to make more money, help more people, and have more fun? Tune in to Noah St. John's Money Mindset and Marketing Mastery Show because you'll discover the money, mindset, and marketing skills that will help you create the abundant lifestyle you desire. As an international keynote speaker, best-selling author, and thought leader, Noah helps business owners increase their income, influence, and impact. So tune in to Noah St. John's Money Mindset and Marketing Mastery Show live every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern noon pacific on the voice america influencers channel change starts here change starts now join us the voice america influencers channel this is grow your influence tree to reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey, everyone. Leonard Kim here, back with Ryan Benici. And we've been dropping knowledge bomb after knowledge bomb on why you need to go out there and build a personal brand, even if you're scared of it. However, you're not going to probably end up a celebrity and be bombarded, which is a good thing because you can still keep your peace of mind. And how to really go out there and build a startup the right way, all the things that could go wrong if you don't go and build your personal brand. And now we're going to have a little bit of a personal session. Now, Ryan, you just moved out here to Boston from Australia, right? I did, yeah. I was living in Sydney, Australia um, earlier this year and I'm now living in, yeah, Boston, Massachusetts in the U.S. and absolutely loving it so far, although I'm a little afraid of the winter out here on the East Coast, to be honest. Yeah, it snows out there, right? Yeah, I think so. And in Sydney, like, we don't really see snow and the weather in winter doesn't really get below 32, so... Um, yeah, it's going to be... 32 Fahrenheit or 32 Celsius? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it doesn't get below 32 Fahrenheit. So it's about zero Celsius is the coldest it gets, in, in, you know, in Sydney anyways. And that's like, that's like early in the morning. And then it will go back to like 10... And it'll go back to like maybe like 40 degrees Fahrenheit in the daytime. So wow, that's we have freezing. Pretty, the, the coldest it gets over here like is like LA 50. in California. Yeah, the coldest it gets over here is like 50, but 32, wow, that's got to be freezing. <laughs> you should be prepared then. You, you go down to 32, I'm at 50. If I was at 50 and I hopped over to Boston, I'd be like freezing. What's your little puppy going to do? Oh, uh, man, so we actually just bought him like the, the cute little like down vest from Moncler, which is pretty damn cute, ridiculously overpriced, but you know, <laughs> he needed a matching... He needed a matching Moncler jacket with his mom and dad, so we, we, we took the plunge. Um, and he's got little booties that we bought off Amazon. So, um, yeah, I think we're, I, I'm hoping, touch wood, that we're, um, we're prepared enough, but we'll see. You know. Is it a down jacket? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Which is a funny thing, actually, because, like, I've only learned about down as a concept in the last few months since living here because 
in Australia, like you would never have a down duvet or a down jacket. That would be way too warm for Australia, which I'm sure is probably the case for Los Angeles and, and San Francisco as well. So, um, yeah, it's kind of funny. Yeah, my thickest jacket's made out of leather, and I thought, oh, yeah. leather's supposed yeah. to keep you warm. Then I went to New York when it was freezing. I'm like, leather does not keep you warm. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we're in the same boat. We're, we're both learning how to really deal with the cold. In February, I'm going to be going up to Banff. Banff is in the north of the Rocky Mountains up in Canada, oh, one hour nice. north of Calgary. And I hear it gets like negative 30 there. Oh, brutal. Yeah, I think Boston and Chicago, I kind of feel, from what I've heard as well, get to those kinds of degrees sometimes. So, um, yeah. Are you going up to Banff for a holiday or for work? Uh, I'm mixing both together. Have you heard of the Gathering Conference by Colt? I have, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be speaking up there, and I'm like, you know what? If I'm going to speak there, I may as well go in a few days early so I could go dog sledding, so I could go skiing, so I could probably break my leg, then go up on stage. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds you amazing. Know, check out all the fun things to do. Very cool. Are you Are you going to that? No, I don't know enough about it. Send me a link, though. I'd love to check it out. Okay, I'll send you a link to it. What, what, else, what else do you have in the upcoming future? Are you going to be at any conferences? Should anyone check you out? Should anyone check out where you're going to be speaking at? Anything cool? Yeah, I was, thinking of, I was thinking of heading to the Next Web invited me out to their event in New York, I think, next month in December. Um, and was thinking about heading out. But I'm not sure. I need to check calendars and see if things align there. But, um, yeah, I don't know. There's a, the year feels like it's winding down, but next year I'm, like, ready to ramp things back up. So I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be a big year next year. Cool. And how often do you think you're speaking now? Like, maybe once a month, twice a month? You know, the last few months have been a little bit quieter just because I've been, like, kind of doubling down on getting some things sorted at HubSpot um, with a new team that I started leading. But, you know... Typically, you know, if I look at, like, my numbers from last year, like, I think in 2017, uh, sorry, in 2016, I spoke in front of about, like, 50 to 70,000 people across, like, I don't know, 30, 40 events in, like, every single continent. So it was, it was crazy. I think I was in hotels for about 180 days last year. So um, it was really fun, though. Like, like I said earlier, I just... I, I get really energized by speaking and sharing insights and learning from people at events, and I, I love that. Um, but, yeah, I was away so much, um, almost every second week. So, yeah, it'll be nice to kind of ramp that up again next year, but maybe not as, not as much. See, if you're going out there and you're building a personal brand and you're making the right connections, you have the opportunity to really travel over the world, see exactly what you're looking for, and go and inspire tens of thousands of people as well. Me, on the other hand, I'm like, uh, I'll, I'll take maybe four trips a year. And you got to be picky and choose how many trips you actually want to take. You could be like Ryan and you can go all out, or you could be like me and you could be like, yeah, I'll just stay at home. <laughs> yeah, you absolutely do. I mean, like, I think where it, it got really nice actually last year because there were so many like opportunities to speak at things. I actually was able to be a little bit more selective towards the end, anyways, and actually start to like push back or ask for more, like for more money, even um, purely because like you know I was away so much that I was only willing to be away for more time if the pay worked out well. So it's 
you know, I never went into speaking or building a personal brand with that as kind of like the outcome or the aim, really. And, you know, there are other little perks like that, right, that are nice and make it not only fun, but also like revenue generating. So, yeah, it can be such a win-win and if, if it plays out and if you, you know, do have a unique viewpoint or angle or skill set that you can share with others. So. Yeah, it's kind of like a unique value add, right? Like, I never thought I would be paid to take certain vacations. I never thought I'd be paid to go speak in the middle of nowhere or at cool places. I never thought people mm. would, like, fly me out. I never even thought people would follow me online and look what happened, you know? <laughs> totally, yeah. So, I mean, you've got to be in it to, to win it, I think. And, you know, there's, there's so many, like, interesting spaces that people can build their brands in, right? Like, they don't need to do it in, um, you know, but with like the aim of celebrity or marketing or sales, there's so many like faculties and specialties where you can really, you know, like lean into them. So yeah, it's a no brainer in my mind. Um, yeah. And I think a lot more people just need to like be more proactive when thinking about these kinds of things. Yeah. Like when I first started writing and building my personal brand, I kind of followed your model of just give back, provide value, provide value, provide value. Mm-hmm. And like I had, I'm just like you know, I made all these mistakes in life. I just want to make sure no one else goes through them. And all of a sudden, like all these people started following me. People started calling me an inspiration. Now they call me an expert. And I guess I guess I'm like, oh, you guys are an inspiration. I guess I'm an expert. If everyone says I am, then I'm just gonna take it. But at first, it was so hard for me to believe it. Like everyone's like, oh, you're such an inspiration. You're an expert at this. I'm like, I'm not an expert at anything. And it's that imposter syndrome. I mean, we'll save an, an imposter syndrome for another conversation, but, man, yeah, it's really no, that's, phenomenal. That's like a big conversation in its own right. <laughs> yeah, it's really ph- phenomenal how you just hold yourself back from that, and you're just like, ah, it's crushing me. Totally. Maybe we chat about that next time. That's a good one. Yeah. Then after that, you just go out there and you just snap out of it, then you just crush it and crush it some more and crush it some more. And you're like, Gary Vee's philosophy of working 120 hours a week is BS. I don't have to work that much because I have a personal brand and everyone comes to me now. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's a machine, right? Like the amount of, look at the amount of content he creates. It's like ludicrous, but I mean, it's working for him. Fascinating person. Yeah. So if you don't want to go out there and you don't want to work 120 hours a week, if you build your personal brand, then guess what? It snowballs. So when you become bigger, you don't have to go work as hard as you once originally did. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, Ryan, I really appreciate having you come out and joining me on the show today. I'm really just laying out your personal branding insights, talking about your journey, giving people key insights on how to really go out there and generate more leads, turn free things into millions of dollars of revenue, and really change what the course of the uh, original business plan is compared to the course that actually makes money. And a lot of people, if you're tuning into this, you've had golden nuggets everywhere, so many that you could probably um, create a little eggs nest and, you know, just <laughs> find that little golden goose that's been hiding on your entire life, and it's right here in front of you now. Uh, you can always find Ryan online at uh, twitter.com forward slash Ryan Benici. You can find me at twitter.com at Mr. Leonard Kim. You can tag us. You can wave to us. We're usually, most of the time, accessible. We like to have fun conversations. So if you have something unique and interesting that you want to share with us, are you open to getting a unique and interesting message from someone, Ryan? 
Yeah, absolutely, always. Awesome. Me too. So come and send us messages. We really do appreciate you guys tuning in. And thank you for joining the show today. Thanks so much, Leonard. It's been a total blast. Um, yeah, of course. I really that. Anytime, man. Anytime. Thank you for making us part of your week. Listen for Grow Your Influence Tree with Leonard Kim every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Stand out, stand apart, and become a top influencer. We'll see you here next week.